for dinner and conversation with the bear for the next two hours get into the mind of don haskins brought to you by ept management company howdy's land america lawyers title of el paso mccrory's pharmacy prices creameries radisson el paso airport the rental network technology management solution la boxing and time warner cable and now live from the state line here are your hosts steve kaplowitz and don haskins live at the State Line Restaurant getting set for a, a very unique show today, a show like we really have uh, never seen before. This is Boxing with the Bear. And for the next two hours, as we get set for Evander Holyfield's bout coming up on Saturday night with Lou Severis, we are going to bring two legends together who have never really done this before in terms of doing radio. And uh, the good news is they've at least had a chance to sit down with each other before. But uh, tonight here at the State Line Restaurant, we will have Don Haskins along with the real deal Evander Holyfield. And uh, Coach, first off, uh, great to see you out here. We are uh, got a great crowd at the State Line. And uh, tell you what, our guest looks uh, incredible, doesn't he? Yeah, he looks good. I've watched him fight almost all of his fights. Vander, how are you? Um, he's in great shape, as you can well see. Yep. And uh, the other day when I had lunch with him, uh, every kid in El Paso or around the country should listen to some of the things he says on why. I've, if he'd gone into some other sport, it would yeah. have been the same way. Well, let's give him a headset, and uh, we'll uh, get things started right now because uh, joining us is uh, Evander Holyfield, the four-time world heavyweight boxing champ. And first off, Evander, I just want to thank you for taking time out of uh, what's been a busy training schedule for you. Uh, joining us uh, here from the state line, can you hear us? Can you hear us okay right now? How yes. are you? I'm great. I'm great. Well, you got a great crowd out here. They're excited about uh, seeing you in the ring on Saturday, and I'm sure uh, it's been fun for you just being out in El Paso here for the last five days since you arrived. Yes, I have. Tell me a little bit about uh, what uh, what work's been like for you. Um, work here? Yes, in El Paso. Since you, well, since every, everything's been great. When I, when I got here, I'm, I'm already in shape, and I'm just trying to keep my edge and um, do a little things just to stay focused, but... And, and, and in another sense, uh, you know, be cautious to the people and, you know, take pictures and hope that they come out and enjoy the fight. I think everybody's going to be doing just that. I'll tell you what, all those people that uh, haven't got tickets yet need to go. I got mine today. A bunch of them. <laughs> well, you're going to your own building for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, what was it like getting a chance to meet this man for the first time a few days ago? Well, it was great because, you know, I guess the most important thing is that, you know, I meet a lot of a lot of people and important people. But, you know, what's, you know, what's important to me is, you know, in life, when it comes down to sports, it's come down to the core, the core person, a uh, person core, when, when he, when I watch the documentary and when he put the, these guys out, all the black guys out there at the court, and and talking to him, he said, "I put them out there because they was the best, and I want to win." And so, even though it wasn't favorite at that time to do it, he did it. And you know, and that's what really makes the person who they are. That when they come to court, they it's not about skin color. It's you know about if I have a team, th these are the best players. Then this is what I'm gonna play. Yeah. Very simple. It is that simple. 
Yes. Coach, you've been a boxing fan for a long time. You uh, started watching oh, when you were a kid. Tell us about I it. Was, I became a boxing fan, uh, listening to Joe Lewis on the radio back in Oklahoma in the late 30s. And uh, he was, and I can honestly say that Vander Holyfield has been my next Joe Lewis. Because, uh, not, I mean, he's a great boxer, but the way he handles himself. Not bad uh, being in I've, the same company as Joe Lewis. Well, um, I was shocked he didn't bite uh, Tyson back, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to? Was that your first reaction? Well, you know what? My first reaction was to uh, bite him back. But, <laughs> but you know, because I'm, I'm an adult and I've been changed, and, you know, what I believe in is I believe in the revenge is the Lord, and it's not for me to uh, do to somebody what they've done to me. I have to be the bigger man. And, and the big part of life is making adjustments. Everybody know when bad things happen, what people pretty much are going to do. But the most important thing is, it's not to do that. And I, I was able to make a great decision and forgiving him and moving on. You're also a very deeply religious man. And you have been throughout your uh, professional life. And even before that, talk about how um, faith has helped you uh, in, in this sport to achieve what you've been able to achieve. And, and then still some unfinished business for you as well. Well, you know, without faith... Without faith, I wouldn't be the man that I am. Uh, because, you know, you know, you know, as people, we don't choose our parents. We don't choose our skin color. We don't choose our size. We don't choose the community that we come from and all that. But that's our start. But life is, life is about the choice that you make. And I was fortunate enough to have a mother who, who taught me in the point of making a choice. And that was in the word of God. And that had a lot to do with my faith. So I was the youngest of nine as a kid, and my first thing that I wanted to be as a kid, I just wanted to be better than my brothers. They beat me in everything. I just, you know, I just, they, nobody ever tell me because they were older than me that that's the reason they was better, but I just wanted to be better than my brother. And so at eight years old, at eight years old when I went to the boys club, this older, this older white man named Carter Morgan, he told me I could be the heavyweight champion of the world. And I told him, I'm eight years old. He said, son, you won't always be eight. And I believed him because I know next week I'm going to be nine. So he told me, what do you think? I said, I have to ask my mama. So I asked my mama. She said, yeah, you have to listen. You have to follow direction and not quit. If you don't quit, you will be the heavyweight champion of the world. And I believed her. And I kept working. It took me 20 years, 28 years old. I became the heavyweight champion of the world. And you've done it four times. Four times in your life, world heavyweight champion, and uh, you want to make it a fifth here. Uh, Got to obviously get through uh, Lou Savary Saturday, but that's the goal. The goal is to do it uh, for the fifth time. Well, you know, the most important thing is that what's important to me now is not so much I will become five-time heavyweight champion of the world, but it's is how do you inspire somebody else not to give up on their dream? And so, you know, when I go and talk about becoming a five-time heavyweight champ of the world, I, I tell people, I said, well, my mother told me I had a choice. 
you can believe what everybody else say or you can believe in your work you know so my mama said you know faith is dead without work so I don't sit here and say well I'm gonna be the five-time heavyweight champion of the world and go to sleep eat and don't go train but each and every time I train and do something and working hard and all that allow me to know I'm getting closer and closer and so you know regardless of what people say I believe because I work and doing what I'm supposed to. And when they look up, I be the guy holding my hands up, waving to everybody, say, I did it. There you go. Amanda Holyfield joining us from the State Line Restaurant. We'll take our first break, come back, plenty more as Boxing with the Bear continues on News Radio KROD. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue live from the State Line Restaurant here on the patio. It is Boxing with the Bear. Hall of Famer Don Haskins and Boxing Hall of Famer Vander Holyfield here with us, the four-time world heavyweight champ. Once again, Evander will be stepping into the ring coming up Saturday night at the Don Haskins Center when he battles uh, Lou Severis. Now, you've had just about everybody, a who's who of boxers in the ring over your career. How does Lou compare with some of the other fighters you've already had a chance to meet? Well, I guess one of the most important things, uh, Lou, Lou have a lot of experience, and Lou is the type of fighter. He's a big guy. He's about 6'5", 6'6", 241 pounds, and been around the game. He's a, what you call a student of the game, and uh, unfortunately, he, he hadn't had in the championship fights, but he had fought a lot of good fighters. At the same time, I've heard you in the past compare Severis to some of the current champions of the world today, especially some of the Russian fighters that they have similar styles in the ring. Well, when you Severis kind of served it, you know, one, 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 I guess one of the most important thing in boxing, you have the A fighter, you have the B fighter, and you have C fight. They all good fighters, but the the A fighter is the guy that makes a lot make a lot of adjustments. He he'll do whatever's necessary to win. And, you, and then you have this guy that's a B fighter who's a good fighter, but he's just not aggressive enough. And a lot of time when you're not aggressive enough, somebody always get there before you. And it's not that you can't get there. It's just somehow your makeup you don't do the things that's necessary. And I think Lou Lou has been that type of fighter have all the skills that's necessary but because he's not aggressive he don't get to that position and he always get edged out at the at the end coach you've seen boxing uh, over the years here in el paso i'd, I'd like to make a yeah. comment about this a b and c yeah uh vander a class makes more money don't they wait exactly <laughs> all the time <laughs> what is it about heavyweight boxing that 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 to you is, is so much more appealing than seeing some of the lesser weight Well, I, I, I like all weights. Uh, you know, uh, um, I did not enjoy uh, uh, Mayweather uh, very much. And uh, I, I, I know he's an artist and what he does. But, um, you know, this guy comes to fight. And uh, I've never seen him back down. Now, I know you go backwards and forwards and all that. Don't know a thing about boxing. 
but I just like to watch fighters that that have got heart. And uh, uh, I love Felix Trinidad. And I remember the Trinidad De La Hoya fight mm -hmm. when everybody uh, thought uh, De La Hoya, well, the last four rounds, he, you know, he was on his horse. And I wouldn't give him those rounds either. Evander, you've never been one to talk a lot of trash before your fights. Some fighters, that's how they sell their pay-per-views. They uh, will go ahead and, uh, whether it's profanity or abusing their opponents or taking shots at them, that's never really been about you and your style, has it? Well, no, it haven't because, you know, I had a mother that didn't play that. My mother, you like to see, you know, the same way you go up, the same way you'll come down and said. Why put that added pressure on yourself by talking about what you're going to do when you got to get in there? Yeah. Say, you get in there, fight the good fight. And because the most important thing is a lot of promoters tell you to do that. It's not so much the fighters like doing it. The promoters say, you got to sell the fight, you got to do that. Well, with me personally, I tell you, the promoters, that's your job. My job is to fight. And I'm not, because my mother have already told me, she said, son, you go out here and acting like you're a bad guy. Then when, the, when everything is over, your career is over, when you, people get to thinking you're a bad person, what you going to tell them, you're joking? You sold them that you're a bad guy. So one of the most important things, my mama said, you know what? Boxing is just an aspect of your life. You're a man and you respect every man and like that. And so with me, taking my mother's advice is what allowed me to be in the position that I'm in and knowing that this boxing is a mean to an end. At some point in time, I got to stop, but I still got to come out and shake people's hands and all that. And I don't want people to get to thinking that I'm this guy that the only thing I can do is fight. I do more than fight. At the same time, looking at you right now, you don't look like you're somebody who's approaching his mid-40s. You look like you're about 10 years younger. Your body's in great shape. And someone who very easily could find himself not only back as champion, but back uh, dominating heavyweight boxing. Do you feel that right now it's just the time is right for you, it's perfect timing to become that, uh, that, that next uh, you know, heavyweight championship again for the fifth time? I definitely think that life is about time and being in the right position at the right time. And, but you know, I guess the problem that we all have as people, we want it to be our time all the time. You know, Because if I actually had it my way, I would have never lost, <laughs> but I'd be like, hey, this is me. But unfortunately, it's not like that. It's not like that. You know, I, I was able to come into boxing at the, at the proper time as a heavyweight because, you know, as a heavyweight, I, you know, most people fight years and years and years to make millions of dollars. But, you know, before I became the heavyweight champion of the world, they were paying me that type of money. So when I, when I, just to get an opportunity to fight for the title, they gave me $8 million, which is, which, you know, you, you usually have to be in boxing and been champion five or six years to get that type of money. But my first fight, then my first title fence, I got paid $22 million to fight George Foreman. It's like, wow, you know, all this just fell in my lap. It was just the right time. Then when I lost, the money went down. Then all of a sudden, then... I came back and made an adjustment and won again. Then the money got bigger. Then I lost and the money went back down that way. Then I came back and made the adjustment and I won again and it got even bigger. So life is about if you make the adjustments, then people respect that because people realize that we all make mistakes. But who is willing to go back to make the adjustment to look at what they did wrong and correct it and get back to the position? 
So I've been able to get to that position four times, and now I'm on my way to get it five times. There you go. Evander Holyfield joining us here as we continue with Boxing with the Bear. Coach, you guys had a chance to spend a couple of hours with each other a few, a few days back. What did you guys talk about? Well, I'll tell you the thing that uh, impressed me the most. I had uh, my 12-year-old grandson, and he was sitting there in awe. And that night I said, uh, Dominic, what did you think? And he started telling me everything he said about when he was eight, he wanted to be a champion. And I don't think we're just talking about boxing. Uh, you know, that carries over into football, basketball, baseball. The guys that are the best are the ones that uh, just give a little bit more. I know I've had a few good players in my time, and uh, they weren't guys that came late to practice and left early. They were the guys that came early and left late. And, uh, uh, you know, getting good at something isn't accidental. You, you've, you've got to work at it. And this guy is, uh, that's what he's all about. He's worked for it. I've, I, 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 Vander, I don't know if you have a book. If you did, I'd read it. But I've read so much in the newspapers and kept up with you for so long that uh, uh, you can do no wrong with me. It's a good endorsement to have. It really is. And, you know, kind of elaborating on that, do you look at yourself as a role model for not only all the thousands of kids out there that have idolized you throughout your boxing career, but look at the people here we have here today. We've got a lot of people that aren't kids. Some of them, might, they might consider themselves kids, but a lot of these people are grown adults, and uh, they've followed your career now for the last 20-plus years. Do you realize sometimes the effect and the impact that you can have on the lives of, of so many people, many of whom you've never even met? Well, yeah, yes, I, I do, because the most important thing is that, you know, I keep going back to my mother because my mother was my hero, and but you know, as a kid, I'm the one that got three whoopings a day. I was hard-headed. My mother stayed on me, and I talk about my mother because she didn't quit. See, the most important thing, success starts at home, and you're the first person you usually quit is the parents. When the parents, when the parents let the the kid win, then the kids become say, well, I guess I'm, I'm guess I'm right. My mother stayed on me, and she said, son, it's important. For you to listen and follow direction, because when you don't listen and follow direction, I'm going to get on you. And so I got my last whipping when I was 19 years old, and I was a lot bigger <laughs> than my mama. And, and, and But this is the reason why, when I, you know, I, if I, I go into something, I open it, I tell you what I feel and all that. If I'm wrong, I'll come back and apologize. But I'm not one of them type of people going to jump on two sides. I'm a, if I'm focused on this, this is what I'm doing. My yes is yes, and my no is no. If you like me, fine. If you don't like me, fine. Because I, I let people know I don't live on your like. I live on, on my hard work. I, I work hard, and I don't, I, I'm not expecting for you to give me nothing that I don't earn. If you choose to be my friend, that's fine. But if you don't want to be my friend, it's fine. But I'm not going to stand in your way, and I'm not going to let you stand in my way. And, and, and this is what it, it took to have the respect. I, I realize that I speak to a lot of kids, but, and I have people say, wow, you know, you're a great role model. And I, and I, I look, 
And I get up and I speak to the parents. I said, well, I said, but the most important thing that I want you to know is that regardless to whoever I liked when I was a kid, the most important person to me was my mama because that was my rules and regulations come from. I was because even as a, a baseball player, and I used to like Hank Aaron, my mama said, he's good in baseball. If you like baseball, you watch him for baseball. The rest of his life, that ain't, you don't want to analyze his life. You want to be you. If you want to learn how to play baseball, then that's what you watch. But personally, everybody, my mother, I had to come back to my mama to how I want to really live because that's what, you know, we need. We don't need to just turn our kids over to an athlete. I'm good in boxing. Outside of boxing, I'm average. But I'm good in boxing. And so if it's about boxing, good. But for me to teach your kid on a day-to-day basis how they should live, you know, that's the parent's position to do that. Because you, you don't want the kid to get hung up on, on people who... They, they, we people. We're going to come back. We'll take another break, and we'll wrap things up with Evander Holyfield as Boxing with the Bear continues next, live from the State Line Restaurant on News Radio KROD. Welcome back, everybody. We are live from the State Line Restaurant here on the patio. It is Boxing with the Bear. I want to let everybody here know as uh, we continue live with Evander Holyfield. Um, simple enough. No autographs tonight. Evander will, will not be signing autographs, but he will be taking pictures. So for those of you that uh, want pictures, we will be able to do that. He's already said that he'll be more than happy to oblige. Just no autographs, please. And thank you all again for being out here and, and being a part of the show. Evander, you look back at your career Right off the bat, top three opponents that if you had to rank the three toughest opponents you've ever faced in the ring, who would they be? Well, Dwight Muhammad Kwawi. I fought him in 86 in a 15-round fight, and I won that. And I would say Reddit Bow. And uh, it's kind of hard, you know, when Tyson, I beat him. And between Tyson and I, I I would actually have to say uh, Lennox Lewis. After, you know, he he was a very tough. Do you believe Tyson changed after prison, that he wasn't the same fighter in the ring that he was when he was undefeated and knocking everybody out in a round or two? Well, you know, you know people, they, they give excuses, you know. Life is not about excuse. You can never be the very best you could be. But I can tell you what, what my mama told me. My mama didn't even like boxing. But she knew that I, I liked it, and she wanted me to be the very best. But after all the fighters that I had to fight, only one fighter she knew I could beat. And I said, who is that? She said, you could beat that Tyson. And you're with me at that time. I'm like, say, he the toughest one out there. But I didn't say nothing. And I said, mama, why did you think that I could beat him? My mama said he can't control his emotion. He get in too much trouble. Anybody who get in too much trouble, when it come down to pressure, they're going to lose. Like that, she said, so, so you're very good in that. So it's all the people, he would be the easy one to fight. And so when I fought him, I just, he just, under pressure, when, you know, when too much pressure, people start responding different. And he responded, responded in the wrong way. And so that's 
It's things that I, you know, I, I like to tell people. People who can control their emotion become very strong people. Coach, you could do this. You could say the same thing for basketball, couldn't you? Um, yeah, that very true in all sports. Avenger, um, who was Tyson's? You know, when he's a young guy, 19. Who was that guy that was his trainer or manager? Uh, the Custom model, yeah. but he's talking about... Uh, yeah, right. No, that's who I'm talking about. Okay, custom. All right. Now, he passed away. And like you keep going back to your mother, uh, Tyson, he he was a guy that could handle him you know, as a young guy. And uh, he passed away, and it seemed like the guy never, never, never was the same. Well, it's, it's, it's like this. This is how my mother... My mother always raised me like this. My mom said... When I tell you to go to school, I tell you to listen to that teacher. Now, when you don't listen to the teacher, that means you didn't listen to me. So my mother knew that in life, eventually, she's not going to be the one all the time. So she gave me that direction, said, you know, if I put someone in charge of you, so when you don't do what they ask, then you don't do, do what, I, what I say. So it's, if I got in trouble in school, then my mama going to get me too. So, you know, the most important thing in life is sometime in being a leader, you can't be just so happy you're the only leader. You have to tell him he got to follow direction from other people too because my mother realized that she sent me to school because she couldn't teach me all that. So if I wasn't going to listen to them, then I wasn't going to learn anything. So the most important thing is that we, we had the rules and the regulation, but I realized that if I go to a class, then I'm going to listen to that teacher because that's the reason why I'm there. I think it's also important that if you're a youngster out here and you're listening to this show today, the importance of uh, parents and family in somebody's life and how they can mold and shape your life. Just listening to all the examples about what your mom has done for you gives the kids a great idea about listen to your parents. They know what they're talking about. Now, um, Vander, did I get it right while ago when you said mama whooped you sometime three times a day? Well, well yeah, I got, I got was, three whoops a, a day. Hickory hick, switch. Well, yeah, I had to go out we and get We had those in Oklahoma, too. too. <laughs> Evander Holyfield joining us again as, as we continue uh, from the State Line restaurant. Now, I'm going to ask you about uh, heavyweight boxing because there are some people that say that, well, you know what, heavyweight boxing is down. It's not what it's been. And, and heavyweight boxing doesn't really have true champions. As somebody who's held the gold four times in, in your career, what do you say to those critics that just say that heavyweight boxing isn't what it used to be? Well, it's, it's, it's not, but, but it always had that up and down roller coaster. You know, it, you know when, when Joe Lewis no, no longer was a champion, it started going down. Then somebody else came up and brought it back up. You know, then, then Ali get up there. When Ali left, then people lost him. But when is it going to come back? And But, you know, the person that everybody now put down is the guy that picked it up. It was Mike Tyson. When boxing was down in, down in the dump, when Mike Tyson came along and started whooping everybody, everybody got excited. So because he was that good, everybody had to train hard. Because I realized if I was going to be the heavyweight champion of the world, the person that I won't have to be, I was going to have to be was Mike Tyson. So what did it do? It made me train even harder because that's what I'm facing. So when you, you got fighters who are not that good, you know, people don't train hard. They figure I can whip him just like this, but it stay, they, the ground stay 
stay real low. And so it takes somebody else who who train hard, fight hard, and do real well, and everybody said, wow, I got to do more work to, to win. And so it, it, it will come back. Yeah. Did you idolize a fighter growing up? No, I, you know, I didn't even like boxing. <laughs> I didn't even like some boxing when I was a kid, but, but because, because my coach told me that I could be like Muhammad Ali, and when he said that, meaning that I could be good just like him. And the neighborhood I stayed in, they told me I wasn't going to be nothing. They told me, I don't even know why you even come to school. You ain't going to get out of school. And so, it's, you know, I didn't choose that school, but that's the school that I went to. And they just told, they were just negative teachers telling that we wasn't going to be anything. And I was just so happy that other than my mama, this man was the only person that told me I could be something that worth having. So when I told my mama she was happy about that, then, you know, once I seen that smile on my mama's face, you know, I said, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that because, you know, you know, you know, young boys, when they grow up, when they don't have a father, so we take that road that you want to make mama happy. So, you know, I was that kid that said, Mama, I'm going to buy you a house. And, you know, my mama said, you going to what? I'm going to buy me a Mama, when I get big, I'm going to buy you a house. And that's the first thing that I did when I came from the Olympics, so I was able to buy my mother a house. Yeah. Now, you just mentioned the Olympics. How do you compare your experience fighting in uh, the Olympics in, in 84 with... Um, just a heavyweight championship fight. Do you, do you look back at your Olympic trial period and the actual competition itself and say that that was some of the most exciting moments that you've ever uh, really uh, you know, faced as a boxer? Well, yes, because when people ask me, say, what is your happiest memory in boxing altogether? I said, when I made the Olympic team. They said, why? I said, because you know what? I said, that's the first time I really felt like a hero. I said, I said, usually when you fight, somebody for this person, somebody for this person. Because the Olympic was in United States in L.A., when, I get the, when we get there, everybody called us red, white, and blue. There goes USA. And it was like, when, they, when I had to walk to the ring, there was so many people screaming and hollering to see this come from all the people from America, black, white, everybody. It's just, you know, it gave me chill bumps that somebody really think that I win and the people go crazy, so many interviews and stuff like this, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm I representing our country. This big old United States, all these people, they only had 12 people and I was one of the 12. So I realized that, hey, I'm somebody. You know, I'm one of the 12 people and, and, and that would make it bigger than uh, professional. Yeah. Coach, Twelve years earlier, you were coaching part of uh, Hank Ibis' staff for the USA Olympic team. And obviously, we all know how it ended up. But talk about the thrill for you representing uh, this country and being a part of that coaching staff at the Olympics. Um, Evander pretty well said it. Uh, you know, you're representing uh, the red, white, and blue. And, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, when you get over there and... and uh, you know, there's so many countries, uh, Vander, this Olympic, you remember the 72 Olympics, the infamous Olympics, that was, I was in on that. So uh, I know exactly what he's talking about. And, uh, you know, when we, uh, uh, you know, they give the Russians three or four chances. Uh, I'm not real sure, but, uh, you know, the players wouldn't accept the silver medal. 
And I was right along with them because that isn't what they won the gold medal. To this day, the players have still never, never accepted not that one silver of them medal. Have ever taken the medal. Last question before we let you go, Evander. And again, we thank you so much for being out here and being a part of this great crowd at the State Line Restaurant tonight with Boxing with the Bear. What can you tell everybody here and everybody listening around El Paso and Las Cruces if they come to the Don Haskins Center Saturday night and they watch you climb into the ring and get into the ring to fight Lou Savarese, what can you tell, uh, tell the fans? Well, I'll tell you, it's going to be a great fight. And, uh, you know... One one of the most important things with me when I go anywhere, I give my all, because I I love what I'm doing. People say, "Why are you so successful?" Because I actually love my job, my job at boxing, and I love it. I get up in the morning, I train hard because I love what I'm doing. There you go, Coach. Anything you want to leave Evander with before we go? Um, I'll tell you what he just said is so true that I've always felt the same way. Uh, not everybody in this world. Not all of you people out there, there's some of you doing something you don't like to do. This guy is doing what he liked to do, and I was very fortunate in doing what I like to do. Not everybody is that lucky. There you go. All right, folks, let's hear it for the real deal. Four-time world heavyweight champion, Evander Holyfield, joining us. We'll take a break, come back, wrap up our number Thank one. You, Boxing with the Bear, live from the State Line Restaurant, only on News Radio KROD. D. everybody as we continue more live from the state line restaurant as boxing with the bear continues right now uh, it is simply picture time with uh, the real deal of andrew holyfield uh, david rodriguez is here with us as well we're excited about david and he will also be on the uh, undercard of the big bout coming up uh, on uh, saturday night and first off it's great to see that uh, david will not only be uh, sharing this big night with uh, Evander, but also an opportunity to carve out a huge victory for himself as he tries to make his way up the uh, heavyweight ladder as well. And David uh, joins us on the show. Well, obviously, um, easy shoes to fill, right? Uh, Evander yeah, leaves right. And, and you step right in. Well, that's the way it should be. That is exactly <laughs> right. From a four-time world heavyweight champion to a man who is uh, looking to become a future world heavyweight champion. That's right. Um, I think I, th definitely I the... think that could happen, too. Yeah, we're on the right road. You know, um, uh, this is a big fight for me, this next one coming up. And uh, I think uh, after this one, it's going to be – this is proving ground. Yeah. This, this fight coming up and then after that it's going to be all named opponents and I really don't care who I fight after this honestly. Well, at the same time um, this opponent right now I know we're, we're, we're saying that uh, you know your opponent Rick Dyer is not the same name as some of the other big opponents but this guy is 6 foot 10 he is undefeated he has knocked out every one of his opponents so this is a guy that, uh, that that's, uh, that's dangerous for you yeah. come Saturday night have you ever fought anyone that big uh, I, I've gotten some work with, uh, you know, sparring partners that big, but never yeah. in, a, in a fight have I fought someone, you know, to that size. That's, that's big. 
It is, it is big, big. and <laughs> I am concerned. You know, uh, he is—he's uh, dangerous any way you put it. It's not like, um, you know, I'm going in there. You know, anybody over 200 pounds can punch, and this guy's 290. So, you know, he's going to be packing a punch. As someone who has been a long-time um, boxer as a professional, and someone who's kind of grown up around the sport and wanted to do this for a long time. Give me uh, your thoughts and reactions to how you've seen this big night on Saturday start building up. You had the press conference yesterday. You saw the crowd out here right now for uh, Holyfield. It seems like El Paso is really getting the boxing bug in a big way all over again. Yeah, and that's what El Paso needs. I think the world needs it. Boxing needs to come back, and I think boxing's coming back in a big way. Yeah. Um, you know, it's great that Evander's here coming to El Paso and blessing us, you know, with his presence to come here and fight here. I think that's, that's amazing. Um, I think, uh, I think, uh, but now, you know, now it's time for a new era of fighters as well. And that's what I plan to bring. Well, you've also uh, been someone who has been brought along carefully. You've trained. You've really taken your time and you've been patient. And I give you a lot of credit with that because there are some boxers out there that believe that they need to immediately thrust themselves into a championship picture and do it soon. You've taken kind of the opposite approach. You've matured in the ring, you've grown, and you're really not in any hurry. And explain to the people listening why, that, why that's the case. Uh, basically, for me, I've had a, a great team behind me. Uh, and I put everything on God's time. I don't, I, you know, it, it's not up to me. I've had three hand injuries that have plagued me, um, and I've gotten through those, and there were big obstacles in my life. I had to rethink everything that I was doing. I didn't know if boxing was going to be it or not. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, I've, I've gotten through those obstacles, um, and, uh, and, and so, you know, th those were really turbulent times in my life. I, you know, I was lost. I was depressed. I didn't know if these hand injuries were going to stop me, but... But I'm a, I'm a true warrior, and I, I, and I got through that, and I didn't let it psychologically bother me. I, I kept pressing forward. So, you know, that took about three years off my career, yeah. you know. So for me, I'm on schedule, believe it or not. And hand injuries are very serious yeah. in the sport of boxing. We've seen some, some great fighters have to suffer through broken hands quite often when they get in the ring, and yet they still will try to punch even with that hand. Coach, I don't know about you, but I've never broken a hand, let alone fought and broken a hand uh, while training. How do you? I, I had an elbow broken one time, yeah? right at the height of my basketball career. And they told me I couldn't play. I want to go back to what you were talking about a while ago. I, I strongly disagree with uh, uh, the part about boxing going the other way. Yeah. I don't understand that. You know, we, I'm still watching fights. See them almost every night. Yeah. I don't think it's going the other way. Believe me, I'm with you on that, but it's the the MMA and oh, all that. The that's media, have you been talking news media? A little bit. Yeah, they're yeah. the ones too. Yeah. You. They, you know, we're the, we're the bad guys, David. We're the bad guys. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But, you know, uh, yeah, I think uh, boxing, you know, to me has always been the ultimate sport yeah. for me. And, I, and, and uh, I just hope I can make an impact. I mean, I mean I'm, to me, I'm sitting next to a guy, Don Haskins, that's got a, a street, a center named after him, a movie. I mean, this guy's had it all. This, this, yeah. is, this is a legend right here, you know. And uh, and I'm I'm privileged to be sitting in this. I can't believe I'm in the same place with Evander Holyfield and Don Haskins, you know. And and I just to me that's a big deal. Thank and, you, David. Yeah, and that's the truth. So, um, 
I just hope I can make as big as an impact. Well, you've grown up uh, in El Paso. So when you were um, probably going to Utah basketball games for the first time, the man was coaching, taking his team to NCAA basketball tournaments. So you grew up like a lot of us did in El Paso, idolizing minor basketball and Don Haskins. Right. Yeah, and uh, my dad still goes to every single game. <laughs> you know, he goes to every single game. You know, my dad never misses one. And so do I. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, but I like the new seat better than the old yeah. one. <laughs> I bet you do. Um, talk about your training leading up to this fight. Um, what's Has this been the most rigorous training that you've had leading up to, uh, leading up to Saturday? Uh, it's, you know, I, I, I prepare for every opponent the same, hard. I probably had a lot tougher sparring for this for this, uh, for this this uh, opponent because he's so big and he's a southpaw. Yeah. So I've had to bring in some really tall, strong southpaws and, uh, and, and rotate them for sparring, and that's hard. You know, that right there is like you get a fresh guy after four rounds and then, you know, I'm going eight, ten rounds with these guys and then the next day another four and my, my trainer, you know, he – he works me like a lightweight. You know, we don't we don't train like you know. I mean, we go two days on, one day off. But the one day I have off, I'm, I'm even me. I have a workhorse mentality. I, I still like to do something. I have a lot of energy. I still like to work. I still like to train. So I'll still go on a, a light run, but I just won't won't tell them. You know, but you know that's just the way my work ethic is. A couple of days ago, my grandson caught him running over Coronado. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He knew he was. <laughs> How much running you try to get in to uh, when, uh, when, I run when five, you're training? Five days a week. You know, I, I try to get in. Even if it's just a, a quick, uh, you know, on my light days, I might do two miles, you know, but I'll, I'll run them fast or I'll go for a six-mile run or sprints, whatever, you know. And I've been working with Joe Sullivan, and uh, he has me pushing cars. Man. Does he really? <laughs> yeah, man, he has walk? me doing some different stuff. I was like, man. That's pretty good. Yeah, so, you know. Well, you know, hang in there with us because yeah. we're going to come back and we're going to spend the next half hour with That's you. That's awesome. All right. It's David Rodriguez joining us, boxing with the bear. Don Haskins here. Don't forget, folks, we've got plenty of great prizes, including a pair of tickets to Saturday night's fight. Thank so you. stick around with us. We'll be back as we continue with more live from the state line on the patio right here on News Radio. It's AM 600 KROD.